You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. Welcome to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. I'm your host, Dale Dixon. On the line with us today, Jason Jennings. So good to hear your voice. Dale, it's great to be back with you. So these are really free-flowing conversations. And uh, I just said, okay, so what are we going to be talking about today? You say shuffling portfolios. And the only thing I'm going to tell you, Dale, is that it's probably one of the most contentious topics and questions that I'm asked about. So we're going to have a fun conversation today because I'm not quite sure exactly what shuffling portfolios means. So let's dive into this. What is it? And I'm looking forward to hearing why is it so contentious? Well, I want to begin by asking you a question, Dale. And, uh, and, And your answer is going to tell me a lot about the way you think, too. And uh, as I'm asking you the question, I I hope that everybody who's listening will be asking themselves the same question. And here's the question. Uh, Let's create a situation. Uh, John uh, is a manager of a mutual fund responsible for the deployment of $500 million. Uh, Having taken over management of the fund five years previously, so he's been running this thing for five years, which year, Dale, do you think he turned in his best financial performance. Do you think it was uh, year one, the first year that he took over? Uh, do you think it was year two when he had gotten up to speed? Or do you think it was year five when he was really seasoned, in the groove, knew where all the bodies were buried? Which, which year do you think uh, he or she turned in their best performance? I'm going to say year one, when he came in and he was really engaged and giving it his all, trying to 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 set the mark as a new person in the organization. Uh, very good. Very, very good. Uh, Dr. Richard Geist, uh, a guy I got to know, is a professor of psychiatry at the Harvard Medical School, and he's also the author of Richard Geist's Strategic Investments. And after researching the performance of literally tens of thousands of mutual funds over years and years and years. His research pointed out, by huge measure, that a fund manager's best year will will probably be his or her first year. Are you serious? (laughs) Yes, yes. I was right. right. Okay. You were right. And he calls it it the first year phenomenon. And and, and here's why he says it takes place. Uh, He says that uh, during a fund manager's first year, uh, he or she has no need to defend the previous year's choices. They're able to ruthlessly assess the viability and potential performance of holdings in the fund. And uh, I find that fascinating. Now, let's take a look at the applicability of that to business. And and let me set it up with something that happened to me just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Very often I'm asked, uh, in fact, I'm asked all the time uh, by people, uh, you know, you're out there researching, you're out there doing these 80 speeches a year. Uh, don't you ever get tired of travel? And the answer is no. Uh, I consider myself for- so fortunate and so lucky that people buy my books or people want to hire me for speeches uh, that uh, I will never uh, tire of the travel. But the other reason I'll never tire of the travel is because I don't ever think I've been on a trip uh, where I haven't learned something. And a couple of weeks ago, Somebody pulled me aside after a speech for a short conversation, 
And we talked about something, and he pointed something out to me, and it was like a light bulb went off, and I couldn't stop thinking about it for the entire eight-hour journey home. And here's what he, here's what he said to me, and, and think about how profound this is. He said, what do salespeople sell? And face it, I mean, you sell, I sell, everybody sells. Everybody is selling all the time. Even if your position is not sales, we're all selling all the time. He said, salespeople sell change. He said, otherwise, there would be no need for salespeople. Uh, a software salesperson is trying to get the company to change the software they use and change to their software. A financial institution is trying to sell you to change from the financial institution you're with to them. Uh, a personal uh, financial manager is trying to convince you to, to leave Fidelity or leave where you are and come with them. So salespeople sell change. And I, I got my head around that one. That, that just, does that make sense to you, Dale? Absolutely, yeah. And oh, okay. you all think right, so through that, it's part. true. Okay, all right. So salespeople sell change. Okay, so first of all, let's get our head around that. Then he looked at me and he said, and Jason, let me ask you a question. Which group of people do a horrible job with change themselves? Which, job, which group of people hate change more than anybody else? And he looked at me and he said, it's salespeople. And he said, the very people who are out selling change and trying to get organizations to change hate change themselves. Well, when you think about that, that is incredibly profound, incredibly profound. Uh, I recall going back early in my career when I owned radio stations, one of the exercises that we would go through in the sales department is, uh, let's say there were eight or ten account executives who were selling. And, and so anybody who's listening can identify. They've all got eight or ten salespeople selling something. And several times a year, we would go through the account lists because every salesperson had an account list. They had their list of 50 or 70 or 80 people with who they did business. But of course, um, on that list of 70 or 80, they were probably doing business with 15 or 20 at any given time. Uh, but they really felt that they owned that list. That list belonged to them. I found those. It belongs to me. It doesn't belong to the radio station. Well, I, of course, took a, a different view uh, that every single account in the marketplace actually was owned by the radio station and entrusted to the salesperson for nurturing, love, development, and performance. And so a couple of times a year, we would switch account lists. Well, you've never seen so much wailing and gnashing of teeth and crying and complaining. And I mean, just, just a disaster, just a, just a nightmare every time anybody wants to approach this. And I know that this is relived in companies and organizations across the world, around the world every single day, uh, once something is on somebody's list. But if you take uh, Dr. Geist's research, that the best performance is likely to be the first year, not the second year, not the third year, not the fifth year, but the first year, think of the, think of the wide-ranging applications that has to every business. And so what I suggest is, based on our research, based on our study, uh, of many, many years into this subject, that uh, if, you, if you're listening today and you're an entrepreneur just starting a company, 
Uh, if you are a mid-level executive at a company, if you're a sales manager at a company, whatever you might have to do, you've really got to start thinking. And it's, it's not going to be easy because if you also came through sales, that proprietary career where you viewed the list as being yours, it'll be very, very hard to do this. And yet you, gotta, you have to go where, where, where the research leads you. And where the research leads you is that every organization should be constantly shuffling portfolios. So I'm going to ask the question that that salesperson is is thinking in their mind right now, and that is, I have spent the last two to three years developing a relationship with this client, and they know me and they trust me. So now if you're going to take this client away from me and to give it to somebody that this client doesn't know, my argument as the salesperson, uh, they're not going to buy from us anymore because they don't trust the the new person they know me and they're buying because of me well you know i uh i didn't just fall off a turnip truck yesterday and so if you had an account on a list and uh, you had a several year relationship with them and they were spending money and uh, we talked about the potential spend versus the actual spend and if you were get full truly getting the potential spend I would say that belongs to you as long as you continue to get the full potential spend. I'm more interested in probably changing out that uh, 60 to 70% of the list where you don't have that special relationship. Okay. And, 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 and there's a number of reasons for a lack of performance as time goes on. Uh, first of all, uh, people get attached. And, um, and, and so when you shuffle portfolios frequently – you're developing business decision makers who make their decisions based on the facts, unencumbered with the emotional baggage uh, of needing to defend their past choices. I can't begin to tell you how many times uh, I've, I've sat with a salesperson and say, well, I know them, and I know what they can spend, and I mean, uh, and, and we're getting everything. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sometimes hesitant to believe that uh, because they, they get attached. They get too confident, and too much confidence gets people in trouble. And then, very often, People slack off uh, when when they actually get the business, and uh, and also uh, they've got a lot of memories. Well, I say save the golden memories for a fiftieth wedding anniversary. I mean, uh, this is business. Let's get down to it. And a realistic approach to well, a seizing the reality of the situation is important. Is what I hear you saying there. That yes, for the person who's comfortable, it's easy to say, well, I know what's going on, but in reality, it needs a fresh perspective. It needs the fresh perspective. And also take lessons from some of the greats. I love uh, Royal Dutch Shell. Uh, I I think it's a a great organization uh, around the world. And I just had the opportunity uh, to be with the very top leadership of of Shell Canada in Calgary within the past, uh, well, within the past week. And it it was fascinating to have heard their stories. Uh, how they began as a chemical engineer, and they did that for two years. And then they were put in unconventional fuels for a year and a half. And then they had a year in The Hague. And then they were sent to the Mideast for a year. And then they were in South America for a year and a half. And then they were in Canada for a year and a half. I mean, what they're doing is people are becoming the, – the more your portfolio gets shuffled, I mean, the more you're learning, the more the – depth of understanding of the organization yours becomes. And so I, I, I think that we have to view the benefit of shuffling portfolios through a lot of different lenses, not just the sales lens.
So let's spend a moment talking about the hard work of doing the right thing and doing things well, because now I'm going to put I'm going to play the part of manager or leader of the organization working through this. Yes. And I think, okay, our performance is good. Yes, there are some opportunities to change, but when driving people through change on a constant basis, I just don't know if I have the patience to to hold the hands through the process. Does that make sense? Because people uh, I, are I, so I, resistant to change. I, it's it's more comfortable uh, just to stay the status quo. Uh, it is. And uh, so the bigger question that I would ask is, uh, if you've got a bunch of people who are unwilling or unable to change or for whom change is a problem, uh, then maybe uh, they're the wrong people. Uh, moving fast, change, and adaptability uh, is the way that business is done today. And those are the people, uh, th- those are the type of people uh, who are willing to embrace that, that every organization needs to find. You need to find people who say, yes, I've done that, I've done that well. What's next, boss? Give me something else. Instead of saying, well, I've been here a year and a half now or two years and I've owned that. That belongs to me. And I mean, it should be, you know, the coast should be clear and it should be coasting from here on in. Um, So I think it comes down to uh, that big challenge of finding, keeping and growing. And let's not forget the most important word of that statement, finding, keeping and growing the right people. But but a lot of it's got to do with the way that something is put forward by management and uh, and and leadership. Uh, It. I think from day one, there has to be an understanding that every client and every prospect in a marketplace is an asset of the company first and foremost, of the, or of the organization. And it's merely entrusted to somebody for their care and development. It, it does not belong to them, even if they found it. But, you said that, that, that every person and every organization is an asset. Uh, there was just a slight audio drop there as you were talking, so I want to be sure that the listeners heard that. Uh, no, that's not what I said. Oh. Uh, sorry for the audio drop. I said, uh, if you're a software company, everybody who has the potential to buy your software belongs to you. That is truly an asset, an off-balance sheet asset of the organization. They are merely entrusted to a salesperson for their care and development. And so just because a salesperson goes out and sells a customer the software that does not mean that customer belongs to the salesperson. It means that that has now become a financial asset of the organization and merely entrusted and, 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 and I, I, I'm guessing well paid, uh, but it's entrusted to the salesperson for nurturing care and development. But I, I also agree with you that people are the greatest asset of an organization, of course. And it's important, though, for clarity's sake, that these types of conversations take place among the leadership, with salespeople, managers, so that they truly understand. And when you bring it from the perspective of the science and and the research, it makes absolute sense. And it has to be fun. Let's 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 not forget that. Uh, I. I, I know we talked about in an earlier podcast, I probably invoked the words of Dan D'Amico, who is the CEO of Nucor Steel, I believe the best-led, best-managed company on the planet for the past decade and continuing today. 
And when he described to me, he said, Jason, let me tell you what it's like here. I got 5,000 fellow co-workers, and every day we get to climb a mountain. He said we could care less about getting to the top of the mountain. He said, in fact, if we got to the top of the mountain, it would probably be a damn disappointment. He said, because we'd have no place to go. He said, we love the journey so much. Every day we encounter different geography. We've got to try to figure out how to get through it. Every day we find other things laying in our paths, and we have to clear the path and move forward. And he said, we love each other, and we have so much fun doing it. So it, it, the journey, it's the responsibility of the leader to make the journey not only challenging, sometimes difficult, but always fun. Mm. And I think a lot of leaders and managers drop the ball on that one. But it's a good point to keep in mind as we wrap up this edition of The Game Changers. Jason Jennings, author of It's Not the Big That Eat the Small, It's the Fast That Eat the Slow. Also, Less is More. Think Big, Act Small, Hit the Ground Running, and the latest, The Reinventors. All those on the New York Times bestseller list. Jason, thanks so much for this. Uh, Next week, uh, give us a quick preview. We're going to talk about how to systematize everything. And I promise you... That will be just as contentious as shuffling portfolios. Okay, very good. Jason Jennings, you have yourself a great week, and we'll talk again one week from now. You've been listening to The Game Changers, leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention with business thought leader, best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Jason Jennings. Read Jason's most recent New York Times bestseller, The Reinventors, and visit his website at jason-jennings.com.